Hi everyone, welcome to Crime Colts and Coffee. I'm Bryn, and today we have a special guest with us here on the podcast, co-hosting. Hi everybody. This is Uh, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm Sarah, aka mom, (laughs) and I'm excited to be here for the first time. Actually, I've been on before telling a guest story. So, as I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm going to try to have guest co-hosts on maybe once a month and everyone can give me some feedback and let me know if you like it, if you don't like it, if you like me just being solo, or if you want me to keep doing this once in a while. So mom, do you want to get into our coffee review for today? Sure. Today we're drinking Heavyweight Dark Roast from Haymaker Coffee Company. And we have reviewed something from them in the past. I believe it was a caramel vanilla or something of the sort. And today, this is just their dark roast blend. So, Mom, you take a sip first and let our listeners know what you think. Okay, so it it is definitely bold. Um, I like a really strong cup of coffee and I always drink black. So, I really, I do enjoy this one. Um... Uh oh, there's an um. They got <laughs> they got rid of those ums and likes a long time ago, and now they brought me in, and it's gonna be a little ugly here. Just try to be aware. <laughs> I will be aware of it. So this coffee, there's not that bitter taste that you usually get when you finish a sip. That's one thing that I'm noticing about it. It's very kind of smooth. I do like the flavor, although it is a little bit. I don't want to say bitter, bitter, but a little tangy. It's yeah. not really bitter that it gives you a bitter aftertaste, but it's a little bit tangy. And I'm not quite sure whether my taste buds like that yet. Okay, I concur. I definitely see the tangy taste that you're talking about. Not quite bitter, but almost a little sour in a way, but not sour. I don't know how to explain it. And I do have hazelnut creamer in mine, of course. Just a little drop. I think that it is pretty smooth, though, for being a dark roast, and everyone knows, if you've listened, I've switched over to the dark side. (laughs) So, I do like this dark roast coffee. I don't know if it's the best dark roast I've ever had, but it's definitely good. So, what would you rate this out of 10 coffee beans, Mom? I probably would give it about, like I said, it's, it's good, it's strong, but it's not the flavor there's no, well, there's no flavor there's to no it. Notes, it's a normal, yeah. so there, and there are no notes to it. I would probably give it about mm, an eight, I would say. Okay, I would give it a seven. If you would like to check out Haymaker's Coffee, you can find them at haymakercoffeeco.com. They have a bunch of different kinds of coffee on there. Before we get into our episode, do you have anything you are reading, watching, or listening to? Actually, yeah. I just started watching Not Dead Yet. I believe it's on Hulu. What is that? Do you know the girl from Jane the Virgin? Yeah. Gina Rodriguez is her name. So it's her, and she is an obit writer for... Oh, wait. Yeah. I saw the... I saw a preview for this. It's super cute. So anytime she has to write an obit, the dead person comes to her. And helps her write so the obit. Yeah, and the and the minute she leaves the, the she finishes the obit and hits submit, the person is gone. So she has all these people come in. There's some twists. Last week was a really great twist. In fact, it caught me off guard, which I was surprised it did. But super super cute. Hannah Simone from New Girl, yeah, isn't it as well? Uh-huh. She's awesome, just like she C-C. was in New Yeah, CC, mm-hmm. and also Carolina Mary Elizabeth Ellis from New Girl, yeah, also in it. 
Definitely worth a watch. And I love Gina Rodriguez anyway. I thought she was super great. I don't know if you ever watched Jane the Virgin. No, I didn't. It's kind of like a soap opera type. Cute. Um, yeah, cute. Really cute. So say for our listeners one more time what that's called and where they can find it's it. It's called Not Dead Yet. And I believe it's streaming on Hulu right now. Okay. I am currently watching Yellowstone with Timo. We just started it last night, even though I made him aware that I had already seen about five episodes of it with you guys. Right. So we just restarted Yellowstone, and I'm going to continue on past the fifth episode. I have no idea what happened, so we're really excited to watch that, and we're watching it on Peacock. Yeah. Dad and I started that again recently, and we were into it, but... He doesn't like these things that go on and on and on and on, <laughs> except for Ozark. Except for that Ozark. one he loved. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm going to continue on that, too. I'm just, I've been just saying, i got to follow something else, so maybe I'll start with that one. And without further ado, should we get into the episode? Sure. Do you want to do the honor of saying the little tagline before we start? So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. <laughs> Today's case is about Elizabeth Salgado, and I'm going to jump right into her background as we do. Her full name was Elizabeth Elena Laguna Salgado, and she was born November 6, 1988. She grew up in Chiapas, Mexico. Her dad's name is Julio Cesar Laguna, and her mom is Libertad Salgado Figueroa. She is the oldest daughter in her family and was described by her mom as, quote, an incredibly faithful and loving daughter and sister. She had long black hair and dark brown eyes, and she was known to set a really good example for her younger sisters. Her mom basically said she was just the ultimate role model for them. She had at least one brother as well, and not sure of the exact number of siblings, so there could be more brothers tied into there. Not sure on an exact number of sisters, but there were a bunch of siblings amongst them. She was also described as obedient and noble, extremely intelligent, had a lot of love to give, an aspiring engineer, and she was very religious. She was actually part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she taught Sunday school in her congregation, and they basically said she was so passionate about teaching Sunday school and loved her students that were all, like, little children within the Sunday school. Oh, so sweet. Elizabeth went to the Tuxtla Gutierrez Institute of Technology and she graduated with an industrial engineering degree. So again, she was extremely intelligent. Mm -hmm. After graduating, she decided to dedicate her time to serve a mission and became a missionary in Pachuca, Mexico. You could tell right away she was a very giving person, Mm -hmm. very kind, just by the things that she did. So she was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Mexico. And after finishing that mission, she took a course for business leadership. After she finished that course, she decided to go to the United States to continue her education. So she said goodbye to her family and left on her new journey. And she was a little bit apprehensive and sad to leave her family. But her mom reassured her, just like her mission trip had gone quickly, that this would go quickly and she'd be back sooner than she could think. So on March 23rd, 2015, she moved to Provo, Utah to study English. 
and there she attended Nomen Global. It's an English language school that is located in Utah. During this time, she lived at the Branbury, which is a student housing community for BYU and UVU students. And that's according to their website, thebranbury.com. She also got a job while she was there at a local restaurant. So Elizabeth quickly began building a life for herself there. Aside from school and the job, she also began attending a church at the Provo YSA 140th Ward, which was no surprise since she's been so involved, you know, all her life with churches and missions and things like that. Honestly, without knowing her personally, I can only assume one of the first things she probably did when she moved was look into finding a congregation to join. Yeah, I would would assume so. Especially since she had just come off being in a mission, you know, being a missionary. And yeah, and that she's been so involved with her church all along. So even though she attended that church, she never officially became a member for that ward as she hadn't moved her church membership records there, which kind of, that kind of is understandable because she didn't, I don't think she planned on being there. She intended to go back to Mexico. So I think that she was probably just going to, you know, do her United States thing, her stint, and then go back and probably get back to what she was doing. And she also hadn't been there very long at that point. Exactly. April 16th, 2015, which was less than a month of being in Utah, Elizabeth left school on foot. She was walking from Nomen Global Language Center, and this was located on 400 West, north of Provost Center Street at the time, and around the corner from Pioneer Book. Around the time she had left, Elizabeth's sister Sarah said she had texted her saying she loved her, and this is all from an article that Sarah did an interview with, so it's straight from Sarah's mouth. She also asked Elizabeth what she was doing in this text. Around 2.30 p.m., Elizabeth answered Sarah, saying she had just left school. Sarah thought the text was strange, however, because it was not Elizabeth's usual type of text, which was normally loving and more personal, since she had basically just said, oh, I just left school, and that was that. That was the last message that Elizabeth sent to her sister. Elizabeth had also texted her uncle, who responded, but then he didn't hear anything back from her after that. After that, numerous messages were sent to Elizabeth from her family, and Elizabeth didn't read or respond to any of these messages. The Salgado family obviously became extremely concerned and reported Elizabeth missing, which thank God they did because not only are they being proactive and they know something's completely wrong, But remember, Elizabeth hadn't been living in this town for very long. So really, if her family hadn't reported her missing, who knows when someone would have. Because she didn't really know that many people yet. Right, right. So a search was initiated by the Provo City Police Department. And they found no leads, no information on where she could be. And there was no sign of Elizabeth. Police believe that she was heading to her apartment at the Branbury, which was at 449 West, 1720 North. She was last seen wearing a denim jacket and blue jeans. 
She also had a denim purse with red straps. So that would kind of be noticeable, I would think. People, yeah, lot, lots of denim. That's red, yeah, mm-hmm. and the red straps probably. You know, that to me, if I saw somebody walking down the street with this red strap purse, you'd notice that, you know. Mm-hmm. After she disappeared, there was no more further activity on her phone or her bank records. So she didn't go to an ATM. She didn't take any money, withdraw. In June 2015, an unidentified man called the family and he claimed to have her and demanded a ransom. I feel like that could be too, that could go both ways. Like that could be legit or that could just be a disgusting human being. There was nothing else further said about it. So I don't know if that just kind of fell out off the cracks mm-hmm. or. Just like a red thing, herring. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, May 24th, 2018, a statement was released by Utah County Sheriff's Office. And human remains had been found several days earlier in Hobble Creek Canyon. A man had found a skull and clothing in a shallow grave. Another report suggested that it was in some bushes. So, conflicting reports. They were positively identified as Elizabeth Elena Laguna Salgado. And this was about 15 miles away from where she had last been seen. This statement did not discuss cause or manner of death. The statement has not been made public as of this recording. Elizabeth's two front teeth were missing, which they thought suggested a struggle. But it's interesting because I also had read in one article that although they haven't released the cause or manner of death and they have released that information that two front teeth were missing, there was another mention that they ruled out blunt force trauma. Yeah, I, as being I read her that cause as of well. death. I read that as well. So I don't know. There could be so many reasons right. that two front teeth could be missing. Right. Or it just they might just think this happened to her, but blunt force trauma wasn't the cause of death. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it could have been, it literally could have been she was running away from somebody and fell and tripped and knocked out her front teeth. There are so many, you know, things that it could be. You know, just thinking about it when I was when I was reading this portion of it, um, you know, they didn't give enough detail, and there I was just in my head thinking of all the things that could have happened. You know, to have that happen to her, they're just they seem to be withholding a lot from the public. So the public information officer for the Utah County Sheriff's Office, named Sergeant Spencer Cannon, said circumstances caused investigators to believe it was a homicide. Initially, the family mentioned an obsessive boyfriend from Mexico. And, you know, allegedly, he didn't like the fact that Elizabeth was coming to the United States. Mm-hmm. Two uncles were also suspected, but quickly ruled out. And that's all really that was mentioned about potential suspects or persons of interest. Right. So moving on to the aftermath, after her body was identified as being Elizabeth, Due to where she had been found, an unincorporated area, Elizabeth's case was taken over by the Utah County Sheriff's Office. So some of you might be thinking, what the fuck is an unincorporated area? Because I was, to be honest, and I kind of skipped over it a little bit, and then it shows up again later down in more information, and that's when I was like, okay, this is really strange that this is mentioned twice for two different things, so let me look into what this is. So I'm going to tell everyone what it is. (laughs) Quote, in local government in the United States, an unincorporated area generally refers to the part of a county that is outside any municipality, 
An unincorporated community is one general term for a geographic area having a common social identity without municipal organization or official political designation. For example, incorporation as a city or town. That was a quote from Wiki. And then another little blurb from Wiki said, quote, it's also described as typically remote, outlying, sparsely populated, or uninhabited areas. So basically, think just desolation. Yeah, yeah. I think right away of just like the you know forests and forests and forests that are uninhabited. Or like desert, or, yeah. yeah. areas that are just sparse. Right, but there are actually, I looked a little further into it because then I was intrigued, and there are unincorporated areas where people live and consider their, like they have like their own little communities, but they're not designated as a city or a town Hmm. which is interesting and then anyone who's listening you can totally correct me if I'm wrong I didn't know if a reservation would be considered an unincorporated area since it's like since they're separate and their own entity from the towns surrounding it kind of thing yeah so that might be it might not be an unincorporated area a reservation might just be a reservation but i know that there's different laws and legalities involved yeah from yeah yeah they're completely separate from surrounding towns and such the salgado family then hired private investigator jason k jensen and this is a quote from the daily universe quote Jensen said he is particularly interested in information regarding a YSA stake activity Elizabeth may have attended the week before her death. He said the stake she was in, the Provo YSA 10th stake, met at Kelly's Grove Park at the base of Hobble Creek Canyon on Sunday, April 12, 2015. Because of that event and the fact that Elizabeth's body was found in Hobble Creek Canyon, this investigator thinks the two could possibly be connected, mm. which is interesting. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, she went to that and then maybe she met somebody there and who knows? They said, oh, this is a really cool place. Let's come back and investigate it and go back to Hobble Creek. Because it is strange that she was there and left there and then her body was found there. Right. Like, or if the person who potentially committed this crime had seen her there and then did something to her, maybe the first place their mind thought of was, oh, this is this was a desolate yeah, spot. It, was, yeah, it connected it to her. To her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Elizabeth's mom, Libertad Salgado, said she believes there's a chance that whoever took Elizabeth's life was actually a member of the church. Elizabeth had not been in Utah long enough to establish close friendships with people, And Libertad said Elizabeth mostly spent time with fellow Latter-day Saints in the time that she was there and that she would have felt safe around members of her faith, which I can completely see. And part of me thinks that her mom is potentially right. And that's disgusting because these people are supposed to be religious and care about life and someone took her life. Yeah, but we've all learned that religion really doesn't come into play with when it comes psychopaths to psychopaths and, yeah, and murderers, a... look at the cult situations, like the extremist side of religion. Yeah, yeah, it makes me sick though because that's not what religion's supposed to be about, you know. And it just that kind of thing makes me, it makes me more cringy about it. 
Because here's somebody that she obviously trusted because they were involved with her faith. You know, that's probably why she went with them. You know, she probably trusted them, had no fear of going with them. Right. Because she thought that they had the same beliefs that she did. Exactly. March 2021, a penny found by private investigator Jensen at the crime scene was sent for DNA testing and came back positive for male DNA. Once DNA analysis is complete, a profile will be developed using GEDmatch technology, and this method was used to find GSK, which is the Golden State Killer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, how they can determine years later that this penny had anything to do with her case. Apparently, in one article that I had read, someone said that there's actually kind of a memorial set up for her and this penny was left at the memorial mm. but that could have just also been could a passerby yeah or it could have been just a passerby yeah. being like oh this is a really sad thing let me just leave a token for yeah. her and like when and when did they find i mean it says march 2021 it was found that's a long time later to, yeah i to don't be know found. you know what i mean if they found it then or did they just do the DNA testing in March 2021? Because yeah. if they found it right away, the day of, the mur- the day that they found her body, then yeah, maybe, you know. No, but, but then again, she was found three years later. Yeah. Anyone so could have walked past and dropped a penny. And dropped a penny and didn't even notice that her body was there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what they're going to get from that. I don't, I don't know that that's going to come to anything. I mean, hopefully it is the person who committed the crime yeah. and that's how they can catch them. But and hopefully they're in a database and they have, you know, a prior record that they can connect at. Well, the the but, odds of that penny just seem crazy with how many people yeah, touch money. I agree. In March 2022, the Salgado family requested new DNA testing on Elizabeth's remains. And they wanted a new DNA laboratory review. As of now, Elizabeth's case remains unsolved, but police continue to actively investigate it. Yeah. Good for the Salgado family. I, you know. That they're pushing it. Yeah, still. because mm-hmm. DNA has come, every, every day it comes further. Mm-hmm. And who knows what they'll be able to find on her that maybe they missed the first time so or that they couldn't really gather at the first time we also to praise parabon nanolabs i feel like there's so much more to dna technology too now where in the past they would just be able to develop a profile of someone now they can use genetics and trace back family history to someone which is just amazing yeah you know you see how far it's come and you think about how much further it's going to go you know that's the thing that blows my mm-hmm. mind it's just there's going to be a day when you can't get away with anything hopefully hopefully, hopefully yeah. yeah right all right so then oddly enough august 2021 miriam judith salgado figueroa who is elizabeth's aunt and libertad salgado's sister disappeared so this is her aunt that now goes and disappears, which is really strange. Just so sad. Some family members stated that Miriam suffered from mental health issues. So weeks leading up to her disappearance, police had found her sleeping in her car. She had been reported missing. September 20th, 2021, her car was found abandoned on a dirt road. This again was in an unincorporated area of Washington County, Utah close to Zion National Park. And regarding that date, September 20th, 2021, 
that was only in one or two articles and a couple other articles had mentioned that her car was found the day after she was reported missing. So I don't know, since she went missing in August 2021, I don't know if time passed before she was actually reported missing or if that car wasn't found the day after or if that ca- that date is incorrect. Yeah. It was very confusing. There wasn't exact dates and that's the only exact date and it showed up twice. Hmm. So there really weren't many articles regarding Miriam, sadly. It's just really sad. I'm just thinking of this, but this family has two people that just went missing and yeah. it's awful. The area was searched by Washington County Sheriff's Office search and rescue team and there was no sign of Miriam. It's so awful. I know. So most recently on Saturday, March 4th, 2023, around 1.54 p.m., police got a call that a hiker found human remains. And this was in the area of Sheep Bridge Road, which is a remote area of Washington County in southern Utah. These remains were identified as Miriam Judith Salgado Figueroa. According to Washington County Sheriff's Office deputies, this was determined due to personal belongings that were found at the scene. They also said that they did not find it to be suspicious circumstances during their initial investigation. However, her older brother, Rosenberg Salgado, thinks certain aspects do seem suspicious, like how she was found about a half a mile from where her car was found. Which doesn't really make sense because if they searched the area, how was it, How was she found like two years later when she was only a half a mile away from her car? Yeah, it's... It's, I think it's suspicious mm-hmm. and it's just odd that two family members. And both in Utah, yeah. areas of Utah. Yeah, it's just, and, and they both, you know, were in these areas that were remote. They dumped, both bodies were dumped in these remote areas. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's right away I'm thinking, is it the same person that has a thing for their family and is trying to get back at their family for something. I don't know. That's like what's going on in my head right away. Or it's away. just it was, a really odd coincidence. Yeah, odd coincidence, which is just, I don't know. That's why I went back to the unincorporated yeah. area. Yeah. Because that is the second time I read it, once I started getting into her aunt's case, and I was like, what the fuck? How does someone know about these specific areas? Or are there that many, many of them, of them in, are in Utah? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we it, live in a highly desolate. populated area, so we're not used right. to that. But maybe in Utah, there's a lot of that. Right. You know? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of national parks in Utah. Right. And that's going exactly. to be those type of areas. You know, that could be why. Horrible. Just so absolutely awful. horrible. This poor family. I, I know. I feel so bad for them. So Miriam's case is still ongoing. And her remains were sent to the Utah Office of the Medical Examiner to be autopsied. So hopefully soon we'll get something back about that and you can update about that in the future. Yeah, because clearly she was just found March 4th. So her remains being sent to the medical examiner, this is probably currently going on as we speak. Uh, Well, as we record this episode. So call to action for all our listeners or anyone that comes across this episode or this case. Anyone with information regarding Elizabeth Elena Laguna Salgado's case, please contact the Investigations Department of the Utah County Sheriff's Office at 
851-4010. You can also contact the We Help the Missing tip line at 866-660-4025. And as always, we'll put those in our show notes and on Facebook because me reading a number to you in your car, you're probably like, I cannot memorize that. And I don't (laughs) want you to get in an accident while driving. So just check the show notes, check the Facebook page. They said that this information can even be if you knew or saw her within the weeks leading up to her disappearance. They just need new information. It could be anything, even if you just happened across paths with her briefly and barely knew her. Because obviously she wasn't in that town for very long. She didn't know many people there. And then anyone with information regarding Miriam Judith Salgado Figueroa's case, please contact the Washington County Sheriff's Office at 435-656-6644. And again, that will be included in the show notes and on our Facebook page. And that is the end of that case, which actually includes two people of the same family, which is just beyond horrific. It's horrible. And I feel so sorry that not only did two of their family members disappear, but that they had to find them years later and find that they had passed in the way that they did because that's just awful it's just absolutely sickening well hopefully you know something will come of this and hopefully seeing the face you know her face especially elizabeth's that they don't know too much of anything you know she was a beautiful young girl not that that matters no but i'm just saying people would notice her they would notice her she would stand out because she was beautiful she was young she was vibrant she seemed to be very full of life Mm -hmm. um she's the type of person i think when you'd walk in a room you know, she'd light it up. So I, I believe that somebody may have seen her at least beforehand somewhere. And hopefully they'll get some tips on that by getting her face out there and just getting it more well known. Well, there was one article that we had actually used for the research for in our resources. It's the universe.byu.edu article. If anyone wants to read that a little further, there was a member of her congregation that stepped forward And he was kind of her, quote-unquote, minister brother in the new congregation. They basically assign someone to you to, like, take you under their wing. This when she was in the United States. In the United States, yes. And especially since she was out of, from out of the country. Luckily, he stepped forward and he's like, even though I barely knew her, I feel like I just need to say everything I can about her to, like, keep this momentum going, at least in the United States for her. Because, like, not that many people knew her closely in the United States. she wasn't here long enough to develop relationships. Yeah. So, you know. So, if everyone wants to take a further look into that article, there's words verbatim from him about text messages that went on before she disappeared and just her personality... Things like that about her from his perspective, even though he straight up said, like, I barely knew her, but... Yeah. And aside from that, just please, if you have any information regarding either of these cases, they both still have a long ways to go with finding a conclusion for this family and for Elizabeth and Miriam. Please contact those numbers if you have anything that can be utilized by law enforcement. Yeah, I hope this family finds some peace Mm -hmm. because to lose two people like that is very, very, I can only imagine the pain 
and there's the you know the questions in their heads and it's so awful just to have you know something anything Mm -hmm. um, come forward would be wonderful so anything else you would like to add for this week's episode mom thanks for joining crime cults and coffee (laughs) today you're very welcome (laughs) and i'm sure everyone listeners give me some feedback don't be harsh on me as always be kind (laughs) but let me know what you think about me having guest co-host on once in a while and i'm sure my mom will be on in the future as long as they say they like me (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna be like you're so fucking annoying All right, so I'm going to get into our spiel. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Colts and Coffee. That is where we post pics of our coffee that we reviewed and the week-by-week cases that come out. We have our highlights section where you can look back on old cases on old coffee reviews. Our link tree is also in our bio, and that has all our listening platforms attached to it. We do, ha- we are on other listening platforms besides those, but most of them are on there, I should say. Our Facebook, you can check out as well at Crime Colts and Coffee, and that's where we put all of our resources that were used for research in this week's case, photos attached to the case, any links or calls to action attached to the case. As always, this is a big thing that I say every week. If you have a listener story for us or a case suggestion, actually, I should start saying me, right? Even though you're here with me right now. I know. Yeah, because I'm not here permanently. I'm not (laughs) used to Kelsey not being here. (laughs) If you have a listener story for me or a case suggestion, which I'm constantly getting case suggestions, and thank you. I love it so much. The listener stories, you need to step it up. (laughs) Email me at Crime Colts and Coffee or DM me on Instagram at Crime Colts and Coffee. And if you want to leave a rate and review, as always, just please be kind. I will completely take constructive criticism. Just don't be mean about it. You can leave a rate and review on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any listening platform that will allow you to do so. And if you're listening somewhere where you can't do that, You can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that will let you know when new episodes come out each week. And until next week, bye! Bye! Regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.